If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of The Mind Pump, we start out by having our introductory fun conversation. This is where we talk about current events uh, and we talk about studies and things that we read about. And then we get into the fitness portion of this episode where we answer fitness, health, fat loss, and muscle building questions. Here's what we talked about in the first 45-minute intro portion of this episode. We started by talking about Adam's testosterone test. He did another Everlywell at-home testosterone test just to see where his testosterone levels were at. Now, Everlywell is one of our sponsors, and they make many, many tests. They make food intolerance tests, which we talk about in this episode as well. They do all kinds of hormone testing. It's at home, no doctor's prescription required. They're very inexpensive. You do the test at home, super easy, mail it in, get your results. Now, we are sponsored by Everlywell, and we have a discount for you. If you go to Everlywell, that's E-V-E-R-L-Y-W-E-L-L.com and use the code MINDPUMP, you'll get 15% off any test. Then we talk about Adam's sex life. <laughs> it's going downhill, apparently. All right. I talked about working out super early uh, at the gym this morning and the old guys in the sauna and the jokes that they tell. That was a good time. Uh, Adam brought up Apple's new credit card. Apparently, they have a credit card that will give you cash back or discounts on all the stuff that you use already, which I think is brilliant. Justin brought up a movie that he's excited to watch starring his favorite actor, <laughs> Logan on, Paul. Man. I am not excited about <laughs> He that. talked about the trip that he made out to D.C. to film some awesome content with Ben Pollock. Yeah. Um, I talked about the world's first GMO probiotic and how it could cure hangovers. That's crazy. And then I talked about the lesser-known cannabinoid CBC and how it may benefit your health and how combining cannabinoids is probably the best way to use them. You want to take advantage of what's known as the entourage effect. Now, we work with a company called Ned, and they produce hemp oil extract that has all the cannabinoids from the hemp plant. So it's not just CBD. It also has CBG, CBG CBC, and all the other cannabinoids. ABC, so you get yeah. better results. Uh, we have a discount for you. If you go to HelloNed, that's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com forward slash mind pump, you will get 15% off your first purchase. Also, if you go to YouTube, we have a new video uh, called How to Start Squatting. It's And there's a free guide that's uh, available with that. Make sure you go check that out on our YouTube channel, Mind Pump TV. Then we got to the fitness portion of this episode. The first question was, what's the best way to measure body fat percentage? So we talk about all the different ways to measure body fat. You have calipers, underwater weighing, there's bioelectric impedance. Um, which one's the most accurate and how should you use those for best results? The next question, this person has a young child, a nine-year-old daughter, who wants to start working out in the gym. How should they start? Should they use bands, free weights, or body weight movement? So we talk all about training young up-and-coming athletes uh, and your kids. The next fitness question, this person wants to know how more trainers and coaches can become more successful. How can get how can they get their businesses to flourish? So we talk all about effective communication skills and the other skills needed to become a successful trainer and coach. And the final question, this person wants to know what our scariest experiences were in the gym. So there's a whole there's all kinds of different stories that we talk yeah, about. Your story with the clown, crazy. Crazy story. Uh, also this month MAPS Starter is 50 percent off. Now, Map Starter is the workout program designed for beginners and people who haven't lifted weights for a little while. So if you want to 
Get all the benefits that you can get from resistance training. You want to build muscle, sculpt your body, speed up your metabolism, help your body burn body fat. Uh, but you don't know where to start. You know, resistance training, super effective, but it can be quite confusing. Map Starter is a perfect program. It gets you started the right way. Here's the best part. You don't need a gym to do this program. All you need is a physio ball and dumbbells. That's it. You could do the whole program, which is those two pieces of equipment. Now, if you're advanced, Map Starter is a wonderful gift idea for friends or family members who need to get started with resistance training. And trainers, this is a great program for reference for when you train complete beginners. Now, here's how you get the 50% off discount. Go to mapsstarter.com. That's M-A-P-S-S-T-A-R-T-E-R.com and use the code STARTER50, S-T-A-R-T-E-R-5-0, no space for the discount. T-shirt time! And it's T-shirt time! Ah, shit, Doug, you know it's my favorite time of the week. We have four winners this week, two for iTunes and two for Facebook. The iTunes winners are Fumble Ruski, Remsey Cutsey. For Facebook, we have Charlie Arnold, Tony Felgueras. All of you are winners. To collect your shirt, please send an email to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com. Include your shirt size, your shipping address, and also the name I just read, and we'll get that shirt right out to you. I just shared my results. I got the... Uh, Whoa, what kind of hey. results? I'm afraid. Yeah, what, yeah I know. Uh, I got six months. What's the oh, sad, bro. Not really. Six months. We could do a lot. Six we could. Months. We could yeah. actually. Yeah, we're gonna you know how many programs we'd sell? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Try to capitalize off my death. Yeah. You would. Yeah. Adam's would. last moments. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a fire sale. It's a fire sale. Yeah. Yeah. Final day. Adam's final help, day. Help, help, help final day. Final. Support final. Adam's medical bills. Yeah. <laughs> we keep it all though. Yeah. <laughs> That's messed up. Wow. I would want you guys to do that. Of course. How would you guys want your funeral to go down? Like, uh, I want. I want you guys to like. When I go, if I go first, actually, I'm probably you're probably gonna go everybody first. get really drunk. Why are you looking at me? I'm gonna go first. Hey, how old? I'm the oldest. How old did Sal look, or how young did Sal look in that post I just hey, did? Hey, oh bro, wow, I know, right? Both of you guys. Can I say I'm something sorry, right bro, now? Bro, yeah. Was it really? Was it really four years ago? Or yeah. five? Four or five? Bro, are we? Are we? Did we step into the matrix? <laughs> are we? We're aging in dog years. No, dude. It's all this accelerated hey, uh, activities. Some asshole said something. I said, "Hey, fuck, bro. You know what? Uh, low testosterone in a divorce will fucking do that." To <laughs> yeah, you. Dude. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I look like you know when presidents go into office and they come out like, "Whoa, yeah, like, <laughs> that's what happened." Yeah, that was a lot of stress. No, huh? I think I, I used to dye my hair a little bit, and that was one of the times when I dyed it. Oh, really? I had white. Oh, I, I told people that was all natural. No, I. I've had white hair since I was 20. Oh, I yeah. didn't remember you. Me too, I don't. Dude. I don't remember yeah. it being dyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yours coming in. You yeah, were, it was I, already coming in when you were was. working for me. I, yeah, and I was like dying it back then, like just out of like I had to, you know, try and stay relevant. You know what sucks about dyeing your hair is yeah. that when you stop, it looks it's all of a sudden. Everyone's like, "What happened, dude?" Yeah, because they missed the gradual. You know, yeah. yeah, the gradual it, it movement. It had been there. My hair was dyed. Adam's was dead. It was dead. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Indeed. It just jumped out. Yeah. Oh. They gave up full, full gave up. My hair's yeah. like, ah, we're yeah. going to hold on. We're yeah. just going to lose pigment. Yeah. Right. Adam's hair's like, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> That's messed up. Man. Yeah, we look so, a lot younger, man. Way more handsome. Yeah, way I'm more. I'm like, geez. Way more what handsome. I'm so right. glad my, my girl's with me. Yeah. I don't want to show her that picture. Yeah. See what she missed. Yeah, right. <laughs> so what's the deal with your test? Would you, oh, you test yeah. your hormones well, again? Yeah, so I had the, the men's test. So this one, okay, I was... 
uh, I was really curious because, and I did it uh, on on purpose in the middle of this, you know, uh, Maximus's birth, you know. So this has been the I took it about three, four weeks ago. So I'm like right in the middle. He's, yeah, he, no he's, sleep. Yeah, no sleep or nothing. So, you know, and and I would say that my my training my training was really consistent and good. Leading up to his birth, even the first when I was talking shit, remember I was talking shit. I was feeling pretty good for the first probably two. Yeah. two oh, you remember? Yeah, I think you. I think you're on adrenaline for the first like two, three weeks. You're like on a baby high. Yeah, you're still on it. Yeah, I no. hate to break it to you. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, a, I'm. I am not on it. it hey, Maybe it's supposed hey, to last longer for people, but I'm definitely not on no adrenaline. No we'll more. talk again in six months. Yeah, yeah. Like it's all gone. Yeah, <laughs> I have nothing. I, not, I am empty. <laughs> so I did. I. I, I mean, I. I know that, right? So I I didn't anticipate to see major improvement, although I've been on this obviously this long journey of, you know, trying to slowly naturally increase my testosterone levels ever since I came off of synthetic testosterone. November will be three years, so I'm already unbelievable. Com- I know it's it's it feels it doesn't feel like it's flown by, but it kind of does. Like it's uh, the three fact, years is yeah. a long time. Yeah, and no, it's crazy. You've had like a stack there, but just have not. Yeah, I still been have tempted, it. and I'm and, and I'm very tempted right now to be honest, hmm. uh, because this test came back. Well, let me read you guys the results, and then I'll tell you my my thoughts on everything like that, and then maybe Sal can try and convince me otherwise, and then I'll just ignore what he has to say. So mm. uh, Sounds like now an that, everyday thing. This this Everywell test, this is my favorite because it doesn't do just testosterone. It does uh, DHEA, uh, estradiol, and uh, cortisol. cortisol. This is like, the men's health test. Yeah, this is the men's health test. So it's a little bit more expensive, but you get all of those things in there, which I'm interested in that too, right? Especially cortisol with yeah. everything yeah. going on, right? So uh, my cortisol came back. Uh, four point five, and normal normal range is one point five to nine point six. So oh, I'm, right in the middle. So I'm almost dead middle uh, middle for cortisol. So that's I, good. I, I feel like that's pretty good, right? It is because you don't want with cortisol, you don't want to be flatlined, no, and you don't want to be super high. Yes, mm. that's. Right. I'm glad you said that. You, you, cortisol plays a very important role in our health, and having no cortisol. You would feel fucking terrible. You'd be yeah. dead, tired, it's like extreme fatigue. So would you say like else, that? In the morning, right? That would probably be one of the areas I would want to be dead center. I wouldn't want to even want to be kind of high on that. No, right? no, you want to be right in the middle. Yeah. Okay. Yep, so yep. which? So I was happy with that, especially considering the the lack of sleep, because a lot of times that throws off cortisol pretty bad. Sure, the stress, all that stuff. Absolutely. Right. So so cortisol being right at four point five, I was really happy with. Uh, DHEA, I was on the uh, kind of uh, normal high end, so. Uh, normal range is 42 to 578. I was 500. Oh, good. Okay. I yeah, because DHEA is one. It's like a. It's like one of those parent hormones. It gets. It can get turned into uh, testosterone. It can get turned into estrogen. It's a. It's a good sign of healthy, youthful uh, hormone levels. As we age, DHEA EA goes down. So to have to, the fact that yours is in the upper middle range is good. Now correct me if I'm wrong too. This isn't this is good for like my hair health too, right? So like if I was it's like, isn't this affected? Like if I were to take like Masteron, doesn't it affect affect? DHT? No, you're thinking DHT. Oh, it's yeah, DHT. Yeah, 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 that, yeah. Okay. They're not testing your DHT. DHT is testosterone will get converted to DHT. DHT is a very androgenic okay. ver, uh, uh, hormone, which so it gives you the masculinizing effects, the aggression, the sex drive, lowering the voice, uh, all that mm. kind of stuff. And the reason why some men lose their hair uh, or get prostate enlargement, for example, and other men don't, it has more to do with the concentration of DHT receptors in those spots versus the fact that they may have elevated DHT. Now, when you go on uh, Masteron, which is a anabolic steroid that's derived from DHT, which, you know, and why do people take Masteron? It hardens the body, right? Mm -hmm. 
um, because that's you know DHT's got those 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 qualities. That's why you see like hair like if you're prone for hair loss, you take Masteron, you're gonna lose your fucking hair. Yeah, which is yeah, but no DHEA would would go it would go DHEA and then that would get converted to testosterone or estrogen, and then it, your body would take the testosterone and convert it to DHT. But this isn't testing that. Okay. And then uh, estradiol, uh, normal range would be 0.4 to 3.3. I was closer to the normal high end on that at 2.9, okay. but still in the normal range. Okay, okay. Uh, and then that I'm assuming that's another area where I probably want to be as dead center as I can be on that. Would, yeah, you, you don't want to be super low. Do you want to be super high? No, too low. You have uh, crushed libido. You have mood issues. So bodybuilders who take... Um, uh, what are called anti-aromatase um, uh, like drugs. Like Arimidex or Novidex. Yeah, they, one of the side effects of that is they feel <clears throat> like shit, their joints hurt, and then yeah. they won't even build as much muscle. So some estrogen oh. is needed to build muscle, How's too. your uh, libido doing these days? Uh, we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> free testosterone. Oh, man, you're holding out on me. We're working our way that way right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, I just want to know the interesting stuff. Yeah, I'll get to that in just a second here. Free testosterone. Okay, so this is the last one. Um, uh, normal range is 49 to 185. I'm on the normal low end of this. I'm 84, which the last time I did this, I believe I was 87 or 89, so I'm about the same, a tiny bit lower. You know what that makes me think is that, because here's what I would anticipate. I would have anticipated that your testosterone would have continued to go up a little bit. But when you combine that with the fact that you're a new dad, and by the way, this is well documented, new father's testosterone levels decline by something like on average 15 to 25%, I think, something like that. Is it that high? Yeah. It's, okay, it's, it gives a, me a little bit of hope. It's a, right? consistent, it's a consistent measurement. You can look this up if you Google... Uh, fatherhood lowers testosterone, you'll see that. Now, I don't think it has anything to do with the fact that you created a, a child. I think it has everything to do with the fact that you have a child. Like you're a, all of a sudden, you're more stressed out. Yeah. You're not getting as much sleep. You know, uh, Overwhelmed. Diet you're is probably sex. different. You're, you're not working not, out as much. Not having sex as much. Right. Yeah. So the fact that your testosterone hovered right around the same is actually a really good sign. Well, mm -hmm. and this is the only thing that's keeping me from, again, not hopping on the stack right now is because I, I kind of told myself, hey, if I can keep once I started to see the light in the tunnel, if I was starting to see some sort of a positive effect, I finally got into the at least low to normal range. I thought, okay, if I can still start, you know, inching my way up, if I'm seeing any progress at all, test over test, I'm going to keep heading this direction. I'm going to avoid using synthetic testosterone. This is the first time that I now I've tested the last three that I've kind of gone back a tiny bit. Now it wasn't a lot; it was just a tiny bit, and yeah. I do know that I am taking it at probably one of the most naturally low times that I would take it in this last six months. So I do have a little more hope. I am going to test again. I am going to stay natural for longer and see if I get better over the next two to three months, mm -hmm. you know, trying to trying to do some, uh, be more consistent with a few things that I... I, I, I tell you what, this is bringing so much value to so many people to hear you talk about this because uh, it, it takes a long time. If you've been on synthetic hormones, it can take a long time for your body to normalize. Oh, it took yeah. you a, it took you over a year before they started oh, to come yeah. back to normal. No, no, oh, well over a year. Yeah. It was closer to the two year mark when we finally mm -hmm. started to see some positive positive effects. I, I was like, I was in the dumpster for a year. I finally felt like I got out of the dumpster at, at the year mark, and then about a year and a half saw some positive swing up. Mm -hmm. At the two year mark, I started to j jump into the 
the the normal low range and now I've been kind of hanging around the normal low range and I've seen positive swings up until this test right here I've seen my first kind of slight step back in the in the free test yeah I, I'm surprised it didn't go way down <clears throat> I'm surprised that it didn't go that you didn't notice a huge drop in the test mm -hmm. I, I think you would have gone up if it wasn't for like if you were getting the same good sleep, you were doing all the other stuff you were doing before. Right. Yeah. I bet we would have seen. Well, a jump. To, to Justin's question, I mean, I definitely uh, noticed the libido getting, you know, kind of fucked over a little bit. Uh, yeah. mm. But I mean, that's just. Yeah, that's pretty normal. Yeah, I don't. I don't think dads really have sex, do they? I mean, wow. <laughs> no, trying, you do, bro. It, we've been trying to tell you. It, I mean, it, it comes <laughs> back, dude. Well, like, I mean, I just, it's just fun to jab at it because I know what it's like. Like when it's like a major shift like that. I'm just, I can't quite seem to get excited. You know, I've got Katrina over here. You know, she comes. This is how this head goes down. This is literally last night, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm on the bottom floor, right? I, I go to the, the couch, and so we're doing this. We're now at his phase where we're training, we're sleep training him now, right? Mm -hmm. So he, we let him cry for a little bit and. Who we're putting, he actually is sleeping seven hours some nights. Wow. Yeah. So we're already, oh man, yeah, that's we're making awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We're making some headway right now. Oh, so I'm pretty huge. excited. Right. So obviously that's the first step. And then dad gets sex later. Right. So mm -hmm. now, like, we're putting him down at like nine o'clock at night, which before it was like, I'm, I, I had the shift till midnight or one. So I'm actually getting into bed. I got into bed last night or downstairs. I'm laying in bed at 9 30, which has been phenomenal because I haven't had this, this time to myself at nighttime. So I'm laying in bed. Okay. You know, I'm chewing on Mike and eggs, by the way. Mm. I just, just had just a, gotta paint the picture. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I had yeah. a left yeah. a leftover box. This is how my brain works too. So I'm like sucking on a Mike and Ike. I'm laying I'm laying in bed in the dark. And uh <laughs> just, wait, right before wait, bed wait. in the dark, you're just eating candy. You're eating candy <laughs> in the you, dark what are you by yourself? Well, Seven years old? Well, no. Well, listen. <laughs> That's the saddest That's thing ridiculous. ever. No. Hey, listen. Listen, Linda. It's better than a uh, bottle of whiskey. Listen, Linda. What are you okay. wearing, by the way? <laughs> we'll get there too. Okay. okay. All right. I, this is a new, a new, uh, a new step for me. Okay, um, when Katrina and I went to uh, Sanctuary, our place that we love to go up to in Monterey, uh, sometimes not every time we go, but sometimes we go. One of the one of the nights, we'll kind of splurge and we'll buy some candy or popcorn and we'll we'll rent a paper. You know, they do the pay per view movies, yeah, in this place, yeah. and we'll sit by the fire and and waves crashing and fucking eat candy like twelve year olds and mm -hmm. fucking enjoy ourselves, mm -hmm. right? Like this is so super rare. We don't have candy in my house anymore. And now we, I've admitted on this podcast, I had a major candy addiction for a long time. So every once in a while, this is what we do. Now the newest evolution to this uh, addiction to candy that I've had is: can I have this shit and not crush the whole thing? Mm. So this is actually a leftover box of Mike and Ike's that has not been finished oh, by, wow. by me. Oh, good for you. And so this new habit that I have is like, if I have this, I want it. I'll go go get a couple of them, put them in my mouth, and I'll suck on them. Mm. Okay? Mm -hmm. So fuck off. Both okay. of you. All right. All okay. Right. So this is the problem. So this is- uh, <laughs> Yeah, suck on stuff sometimes. Right? So this is this is me working that I could have a, a box of candy in my house. Right, we're sorry. We don't mean to fat shame you. Yeah, yeah, sorry yeah. about that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad now. So I just painted the picture here. I'm laying in bed. I'm I sucking know. on my Mike and Ike's, I'm, I, and, I'm, uh, and I'm just- And actually what happens to be going through my head right now, of all the things, okay. is um, our interview coming up next month with Bishop Barron. I really- uh, I love the first one. I, I have so many more things I want to ask him. And this is kind of what I was doing before I had a kid. Uh, I work out a lot of this stuff in my head at nighttime. I mm -hmm. lay in bed uh, and I think and I think about questions that I want to ask and what will that lead to and how mm -hmm. he'll probably answer that and is that good. And sure. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing that. I'm just like laying, I'm super deep into thought. I also smoked a little bit before I went to bed, so I'm like way in this moment. 
And then, like, all of a sudden, I hear the steps. Here comes Katrina, like, runs downstairs, like, full-on mounts me, you know, as she's holding her phone in her hand like that. And she's like, let's go. We can have some sex right now. Wow. Yes. And I'm like, so... And yeah, well, so that's really weird that you you weren't able to get excited after thinking about a Catholic bishop really deeply. <laughs> so this is what leads me. Uh, I would have never guessed because she got yeah. a little she got a little upset yeah. that I wasn't able to turn it on right away, right? Because she's just like, "Honey, let's go," right? Yeah. And mind you, too, she's holding the monitor in her in her left hand, right? She's like trying to suck my face and like get me to get in the mood, right? And, uh, oh and, uh, my god! So I can hear my my my, my son rustling around in, the, in my yeah. ear. <gasps> she's trying to get me in the mood, and I'm like not feeling it. And she's like, "Hun." You know, like giving me, and I'm like, sweetheart, do you, can I just tell you what I was literally doing before you walked down here? Okay. I wasn't deep in Pornhub. I wasn't like, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't having a wet dream and you came in and interrupted. I was literally thinking about Bishop Barron and the questions that I want to ask him. And I was running them through my head and you just came down here and you wanted me to switch gears right away. Mm, it's, yeah. It's a so hard we, left turn. We laughed about She's just it. Treating you like a piece of meat. Yeah, yeah. That's what I said to her. <laughs> I need it. But uh, so, needless to say, uh, the, the 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 sex life is still not. It's so much harder because when you have a baby, when you didn't have a baby, you just you just got in the mood. Let me just tell you something. That's a new skill you're going to develop, yeah. sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when moments like that happen, you be like, okay, yes, there yeah. it is. You just yeah. got to be. It happens. Yeah, I remember. Uh, what was it Marvel? Presto change. Was it Avengers when? Um, Bruce Banner turns into the Hulk. Yeah. And they're like, don't you need to get mad? And he turns around and he's like, that's my secret. I'm always mad. Yeah. You just got to be horny all the time. All the time. <laughs> yeah, that's a- You always wonder why I'm always horny. That's why. You're just ready. Well, you know, that's I, why I don't give you hugs. I, I feel like that's, that's why uh, I give you hugs. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's definitely what it was like when I was 17. I mean, when you're 17, I was actually, again, after this all happened, she left. I felt bad. And then this is my dumb brain, how I work. All of a sudden, I started doing like these visualizations of pie charts in my head. Like, you know, when you were 17, your, your pie chart of thoughts were divided like this. It was, uh, you know, 20% is dedicated to thinking about homework and school and education and growth and all that goes in that, like that 20% category. And then maybe like, you know, 10 or 15%, like, you know, sports and other things or whatever your, your things you're into. And then the other 80% is like sex. Mm -hmm. That's all you think about like 24 mm seven. -hmm. So you like, mine was more like 1% and then <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh. And yeah. I, and I was thinking about, okay, now what's my pie chart look like now? And it's like, wow, you know, you think about like growth and then, and, and business and retirement and savings and the bills. And it's like, you know what had happened is like that pie chart that was 80% filled of nothing but thinking about sex has now been divided up by all totally. these other things. Mm -hmm. Totally. And now you're trying to, to time it and align it. For with, both partners. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, right. So you're trying to align it perfectly. And I mean, even the, the time before last that we had sex, which was a few days before this, she's... You know, she has to, she brings the baby monitor down there, you know, so he's got the, he's and he's set the mood. Oh yeah. 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 And then yeah, he, babies are cock blocks. I'm, I'm like, gonna be honest. I'm mid, we're mid session here and yeah. he starts crying, oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, fuck it, leave him alone. I got to yeah. finish and yeah, then, yeah, we'll yeah. Get, then we'll get to we're him. Almost he, can, there. he can last. Yeah, yeah. He starts to grow as he grows up. Why are you always mad at me, dad? <laughs> yeah. you, listen, you'll know one day why I'm fucking Someday. pissed off at you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's actually one of the books that, uh, I told you the, I, I got a couple adult child books that people sent uh and one of them is uh the i told you the um go the f to sleep yeah go the f to sleep was the samuel L. jackson reading one so the other book that i got i believe this was, came from shauna uh was the cock blocker yeah 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 so then it's the same concept it's like so funny yeah yeah speaking of the everly well test uh cassie took the food sensitivity one um which a lot of people don't know that they have that they actually have a test that you can take 
that will test your IgG antibodies. So these are not the same antibodies that you have when you have a food allergy. It's not an IgE. Right, because they're already assuming that you know those ahead of time. Yeah, so it's not a food allergy. It's IgG <sighs> is for food intolerances. Now, to be clear, it's not perfect in the sense that you can have no IgG antibodies and still have issues with the food and vice versa. But what it does do is it's, a, it's an inexpensive way to point you in the right direction because one of the challenges of doing the elimination type diet, which is the gold standard. If you want to find out what foods bother you, elimination diet. The problem is, where do I start? Um, I mean, you could be extreme and go all the way to like carnivore, but that's insane. A lot of people do the, you know, cut out the most common food intolerances, but it's different from person to person. So, I mean, that's how I figured myself out. Years ago, I took, and this was way back when you couldn't get these tests uh, through the mail like you can with Everlywell. Back then I had to work with a practitioner and I tested for IgG antibodies. And what it did is it just pointed me in the right direction. And then I further tested with eliminating them and seeing how I felt and then did that whole thing. But even with your hormones, Adam, um, imagine trying to get this many hormone tests through a doctor. No, it's uh, oh, expensive yeah. as hell to do it. And a pain in the ass. They won't and, do it for and, you. And it takes for, mm-hmm. forever to get it done. And yeah, then they won't do it that. that has some justified reason. Won't do it yeah. as frequent as I would like it to be done. So, yeah. no, I, I love that. And even if it's, again, like I know that that's the, the knock it on, especially with the, I, I know the hormone tests are really accurate, but I know that the- The food uh, sensitivity one tends to get criticism because it's not perfect, but there is no perfect way to just really figure out, besides elimination. Well, that. the same people that criticize that, again, I guess it's just the the old trainer in me that's been doing this for almost 20 years now that I didn't have any of these tools, right. you know, to try and figure, you have a client who, that might be- It was always a, elimination diet. Yeah, Cut everything out. Right. You're Do get, that for a you're, month. You're, you're guessing. So, mm-hmm. you know, if I can have something that costs $49 to $99 that they can test themselves to give us some sort of idea of what may be the offenders. Of course. I mean, man, to me, that's just like the same way I look at the Fitbit and tools like this. I don't care that it's not 100% accurate. It's more accurate than me guessing. Totally. Just, just totally guessing. Totally. It's so totally. that to me is, is it's a huge tool when it comes to things like that. Dude, I wanted to tell you guys. Uh, so this morning, I actually went to work out at Club Sport. And I haven't worked out there at 6 a.m. in a long time. I've been doing the afternoon kind of workouts or whatever. Mm-hmm. Don't have the kids this week. I woke up to work out in the garage, but I, you know, I woke up early enough and I said, you know what? I'm going to go to club sport. I love working out early in the morning. Here's why. Not because I love working out early in the morning. The dedicated That, that fucking sucks. Yeah. And it's, you know what it is? It's all the old salty yeah. dogs. Yeah. It's a bunch of, you know what, dude? So I'm, I'm working out. It's all these old guys working out and they all talk a bunch of shit. They all, Hey, whoa, Sal, where you been? Uh, talking shit. Then I go in the locker room. Of course, it's a bunch of 70, 60-year-old, 70-year-old men. Nobody wears shit except for socks. <laughs> yeah. So they're walking around naked. Yeah, they're talking so much shit to each other. So I go in the sauna at the very end. I'm sitting in the sauna, and there's these three old dudes in there. And they were fucking ripping each other about how old they are and this and that. And one guy's like, eh. he goes, <laughs> he goes, I fucking woke up at 3 o'clock, and it's 6 o'clock to take a piss. You know how much that fucking sucks? And I'm sitting there. I'm cracking up. And then the, the guy next to him, he's all, I'm 74 years old. I don't take a piss till 9 a.m. And they're like, whoa, that's really fucking good. And he goes, yeah, but I don't wake up till 10. Bro, <laughs> bro, I was almost on the floor. I was laughing so hard at these guys. Yeah. But they just talk so much 
complete shit to each other. It's so funny. That's great. So, yeah, they're yeah. talking about now, the are they, Do they seem like they're all friends from the gym or that they're friends outside of the gym? Friends from the gym. Some of them don't even know. They just come in. They see And they see. They recognize, like, oh, he's another old guy. We're going to fucking, you know, we're going to talk about whatever the hell we want. Yeah. Just, it was just, it just kills me. Anyway, it's, it's a good time. I love working out at that time. So, so yeah, great. Yeah. Hey, have I'll, you guys seen the, uh, the new credit card by Apple? No. Oh, this is fast. Like a legit credit card? Have you seen this, Doug? I haven't. Okay, so this is really cool. And this, remember when we speculated a long time ago about, you know, companies like, you know, Apple starting to build their own like ecosystem yep. and like they're going to be their own government. So I, I think this is just like one more step in this direction. So you guys know that your credit cards that you have right now, you know, you have like a, <coughs> excuse me, you have like a, like a rewards program and shit in there. Yeah, I, yeah. So like cash back or yeah. Do you guys have you guys ever even? You, you well, know? I have a Southwest well, one that's yeah, really good. That's the one I'm using too. I, I love it. Yeah. Everybody knows that, right? The yeah. airplane ones are the best ones because yeah. everyone flies and you probably use yeah, that. free tickets. Other yeah. than that, do you? Does anyone use any of all those random? Companies? Well, we did one no. before, yeah, and like cash, but yeah, it wasn't. It didn't give you the best payout. So here's what's dope about Apple. What Apple's what, and we should have known that they were laying laying the foundation for this when you started seeing all this. Did you guys remember when you started seeing like all the like oh we we take Apple. You know, Apple, Apple Pay. Pay, Apple Pay. Yeah, right. I use that all the time. Right. So <clears throat> they've worked out all kinds of deals with lots of these companies. Now, for them, it's going it, to, with the value for them is they're, they're going to gain all kinds of data on you where, you, where you shop, where you buy, all these things. But this is what's sm so brilliant about this. So let's just take uh, an example of like maybe my, my month. Okay. I, I use the <clears throat> Chevron gas station around my corner, you know, probably, you know, once a week. Every every single week, I go down to Safeway and I grocery shop around the corner. You know, at least twice a week, I you know go to um, Nordstrom's and I pick something out there. You know, probably once or twice a month. <clears throat> so it tracks all those things, and where you're starting, you're going to start to get rewards and money and cash back are all these places that you already specifically shop. those companies. And it, uh, yes, and it'll be like an automatic. You'll get an you'll get an alert, Adam. Here's a dollar seventy five towards Chevron gas. Yeah. To to push you to want to make sure you go fill your gas up again at that point. So smart. Or mm -hmm. oh, Adam, here's ten percent off your next Safeway purchase and automatically built. So smart. Is it not yeah. brilliant? So smart. So brilliant. I right? love that. So they're covering all like the physical places you go. Like Amazon's doing all your uh online like tracking all of your like buying habits and all that. So that's cool. They're they're going so that I, angle. So I believe they do that too though. I believe yeah. they do all your all your stuff online. Wow. But it, and it breaks everything down to show you how much you've saved, how much yep. you're Yep. Wow. So brilliant. I love that. Right? I mean, I love credit cards because, first of all, I never hold a, a balance. Now, think how smart. I'm the worst customer. I now, pay it off every month. I know. Every month I pay it off. Yeah. Now, yeah, Apple does a really good job of really making these re rewards awesome and, and user-friendly, and everybody's like, oh, my God, I'm winning all the way by using this. And then you end up using it 99% of the time. Now they have like incredible data on you and all of your shopping mm -hmm. behaviors and all of your behaviors on where you go and what to do and like how to target you mm. for advertising for these companies. Nice. Isn't that fucking brilliant? Yeah. It's smart. Dude, yeah. it's yeah. so smart. Yeah, so now you're getting targeted ads for the shit that you already buy. Already buy. Yeah, it's I'm like, oh, in. yeah, Sal, Sal goes to, you know, whatever, whatever store, you know, three times a year. And it's been three months since he's been to that store. All of a sudden, you get a twenty-five percent off, you know, coupon for that place. It's like, oh shit, I need to go there anyways. It's, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. So but fucking brilliant, smart. brilliant, That's brilliant. dude. So I was watching this uh, trailer, and I was like, I was on the flight back, and I was watching YouTube, and 
there was <laughs> there was a a movie trailer. So you guys know Logan Paul, obviously. He's like yeah. a huge you know YouTube star, and he's been doing all kinds of crazy stuff lately, like uh, <laughs> pay per view. He just did like a, a major fight and he's about to do another one, right? You know, boxing match uh, against another YouTube star. Well, now he's getting into movies. And there's this movie, I think it's called Airplane Mode. They have like 25 of the, the most popular YouTubers in this movie acting. Wow. And this is so. It looks like a monstrosity, dude. Think about them. It, just their personalities are carrying this movie. It's not, they're not trained actors or anything. This is just like. You know, and, and I know it's going to crush. It's going to crush. Because it has a guaranteed audience. Well, not only yeah. that, but we've already seen the the evolution of like reality TV. So you, people don't give a fuck that they can't Dude. act. You just want to see your the people. You, you have to watch this trailer. It is cringeworthy. Like this movie is going to be worse than like, it, like, I can't even like think of like airplane or something else like that. That's like, like, like actually funny because they're making fun of all. The, but this is like. They're really trying to, you know, make it suspenseful and whatnot. Those are the future. Those are the celebrities of today, and definitely of celebrities of tomorrow. Yeah, my kids don't know any freaking Hollywood celebrities. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? It's just bizarre to me. It is. It is bizarre, but it's really how it's going to work. It, that's yeah. it. And imagine if you've got five people in the movie, okay, and they all have you know, two million, three two million followers. to yes. twenty million followers. It's a guarantee. It's a built-in audience. Totally. It's but it, it's just so frustrating though, because like, like you could just. It's so obvious that they haven't taken any acting classes or anything, and so it's just like, whatever, we're just here. So the fun thing to speculate on is this, is will this be just a a, a, a flash in the pan? Yeah, like a test. Yeah, like like people will do it for the time being, like it's because they're, they're intrigued by it, but will, if Logan Paul kept doing... Uh, fights on pay-per-view for the next, you know, three to five years, will probably the third or fourth one people be like, this, these are it's lame watching this guy. Right. Fight. Yeah, once these the novelty wears off, <clears throat> let's see what happens. Right, that's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. It's, once it's no longer novel anymore, right. and people and every YouTube person is doing something. Because acting is a real skill. Yeah, it's a real skill. It, it, it and it, that's the thing. I would be like so offended if I was like a real actor. You yeah, know? but, but it's like, what are you gonna do? Yeah, but what if the formula isn't to like quote unquote act? What if it is? Just, just to re- play off of re- it, real reality TV. Yeah, I mean that's what I that mean, would have been better. Yeah, I don't, it's interesting. That are you sure it's not like that? Are you sure no, it's not it's scripted for sure? Oh, oh it is. Yeah, no. it's it's bad, dude. Yeah. You guys have to watch. So the this trailer. was on the flight back, but how was the flight? How was your whole trip out there? Oh, were, it was a blur. Like I honestly, <laughs> I saw your timeline. Insane, dude. I saw you did your. Timeline. I tried to like at least for that that one day. And where did you head out to again? It was, I headed uh, out to basically Washington D.C., which I didn't even know. Uh, uh, Duels or, or the capital was yeah there? no I didn't know it was in Virginia like it's on the border of Virginia yeah so anyway we flew in there and then uh, did some some cool content uh, you know with, with Ben Pollock and Kristen Graham and uh, and we shot it all at this this gym I think it's called the Spot which was really nice of them for letting us come in and everything but it was. It was great. We actually, as we were shooting and everything, there was uh, three guys that worked for Mike Matthews that were there. And, oh, they, really? and they recognized me right oh, away. Oh, because he's based out of there. Yeah, I, I didn't even I didn't even put that together. I was oh, like, oh, you know, yeah, our boy's out here. You know who I saw that, that I, he actually did a post. I saw, it was the one that I reshared. Yes, that one. He, he took a picture of me like a sneaky ninja. Yes. Which I'm like, come on, guy. Matt, mm. Matt. Kemp, I want to say. Yeah, Matt Kemp. I is that what right. his name is? I He's been actually listening to the podcast for a really long time. Yeah. He's actually like one of, one of the OGs. And <clears throat> and I remember he's, he's an up-and-coming young kid. 
Yeah. Puts out pretty decent comment or content. Uh, the only the only one knock that I know I razz him about uh, that we're we're not eye to eye on is he's a he's a big IIFYM guy. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, but that's because he's fucking twenty. Yeah. So we'll see when he's fucking forty how he feels. Yeah. Well, they were shit. super nice. I mean, my my this whole trip was pretty crazy. It was funny because it made me appreciate like Katrina even more because <laughs> I totally forgot to to like basically check in, and so we had like C group for both. Connecting flights uh, to get to Virginia. I was so mad, dude. Uh, I was like, no. You know, I didn't, I didn't hey, realize she only, like, check, she only checks us in with Adam. When Adam yeah, I was like, Adam, like, next time I'll bring Adam because then I don't have that taken care of. Bells and whistles. So so like, like, oh my God, bro. I was in the middle seat just like in between these two fat fucking dudes. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> just. So oh, I got to share something with you that on, on that note that, that Katrina said to me last night that she's like, oh, she, uh, was it last night? Yeah, I think it was last night, the night before, uh, about Sal. She goes, um, Sal, see, Sal messaged me uh, for an itinerary for his LA trip. I'm like, oh. And and she's like, uh, I, I totally did it for him. She goes, but I kind of laughed because she's like, there was not much to the itinerary, right? Because we had one thing to go see. <laughs> <laughs> she's laughing and she's like, oh God, you and him are so much the same. She's I don't like, know what I'm doing. I know, Sal, Where do I go? Sal, it's Sal, like a flight just yeah, right here. Yeah, no, Sal yeah. literally flew from San Jose to LA, <laughs> went straight to Chase Tuning's talk. He talked there, then flew back. And, and Sal texts Katrina, hey, could I get an itinerary for fucking- Oh, dude, <laughs> you know, I the- had a lot of moving parts, man. It was crazy. It was chaos. Just, oh, you're way more organized than I am. Well, whatever, but it was like- that's dude, why. We we lean on him to do I that. I know. Well, that's why she's like, oh, he'll probably check himself in. But I was like, oh, no. Like, I got all dependent on her yeah. for doing for me. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, we were like flying in and then we got it like because you lose three three hours, I believe. And so we got in real late. It was uh, we left at like 1230 or one o'clock and we get there at like 11, oh, you know. Wow. And so I'm like hungry. I'm trying to find. Thankfully, like the bar in the hotel was open, so we were able to eat. But then right away, we didn't get to bed till maybe 1230 because we were just like, you know, adrenaline and trying to wind down. And so we wanted to get going early and like, we're going to like, this is going to be a long day. We've got a lot to shoot. We got all this stuff to accomplish. And, you know, I, I have to make sure like everybody's, the timing's all right, all that stuff. And so we get in there at like seven, you know, to, cause it's like 40 minutes to get to the actual gym. So Damn. I had to get up at six and then, you know, we're trying to find coffee, you know, cause fuck, I can't do anything without coffee. You know, that cup zero is a real thing. And so we get in an Uber and like drive over there. And, uh, it was like, from then on, I was, I mean, thankfully Ben was like right on time and we just had to organize everything. So we had to call the owners cause the music was still on. Everything was locked, like all this crazy stuff. It was like, it was chaos, but then it, it started to, to go in a direction where it was like, okay, we're, we're, we're making a lot of progress. We're making a lot of progress. All these things are happening. And then we were like done at like two o'clock and I'm like, what am I going to do now? <laughs> like my whole day was like devoted around this. You finished so at two? Yeah, dude. You go to bed. Uh, yeah. Well, I couldn't. I was so like, uh, like my adrenaline <laughs> Nine was coffees later. Yeah. <laughs> no, it sucked, like... dude. And then. Uh, what did you do for the rest of the day? So. Basically, we were just working on stuff on the computer, and then like, uh, just I mean, I was I was trying to chill out and and pass out, and then later went to dinner with with Chris and Ben was was not with us, but uh, we went to dinner that night, and then tried to go to bed early. Ended up going to bed at like eleven o'clock. Get up at four a.m. And then we had to catch an Uber by 4.15 to be able to get to our flight that left at 5.30 a.m. Oh, damn. And then, so, thankfully, I, I remembered to check in 
uh, Saturday. So I remembered that day. So I actually got like a B group in A. And so I was like made my way back at least with that. But uh, yeah, so we hopped on the plane. Boom, take off. I have two layovers. So I got to go to Denver. Boom, <sighs> sit there. And then we have like a, a 30 minute layover. And then we go all the way. And I was like, oh, I didn't see the second. Uh, there was no second ticket. I thought that like maybe there's a mistake. No, there's no two layovers. Like I, I think she was like, you know, didn't didn't read that right. But no, we went to Burbank and then we were sitting, oh. sitting in Burbank and we stayed on the plane. So I didn't see that part. So then we went to there and then finally went home. So I get home. This doesn't stop here. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna keep going. Uh, so then I go from there. I drive immediately to Half Moon Bay because my kids are at my nephew's birthday party at this beach i show up there i try and like hey show face like hey hey brother and all this stuff you know (laughs) give me a sandwich cram down this sandwich you know hey happy birthday to you okay let's go grab my oldest get in the truck okay like put your put your stuff on put all your cleats on all this stuff let's jam like i have to coach flag football so i'm driving an hour and a half back over to get to this place we get there i'm like frazzled like we're we're maybe like five minutes from kickoff and uh, the other guy I'm working with had everybody all ready and everything. And he's like, okay, so the game plan is this, that, and the other. I'm like, I totally forgot the game plan, you know. And uh, <laughs> so I'm sitting on the sidelines, like, trying to rally them. And then the first play, um, like, I called, like, the, a defensive front that I knew. Like, like I, I, for some reason, I just threw it out there. It wasn't the one that I was supposed to do. And then they scored on it. And, oh! and I'm like, no! And so I'm just like, ah, like, punching myself. And then uh, we, you know, we came back and we rallied back, but then we still lost by like one touchdown. So anyway, I took that one for the team. I took that one to heart. But I was like, dude, uh, I'm so like frazzled right now. I'm not thinking clearly, you know. Uh, Did you go to bed early at least? Uh, So I tried and I was like trying to chill. But then um, we, I got home with the kids and then they wanted to show me all this cool stuff that they've been doing while I was gone. And, uh, and then Courtney actually got back. She was in San Diego. And so she just, she just came back from her birth, uh, her sister's birthday. And so she had to tell me all about what happened with that. And it was a surprise and all the stuff. And so I ended up staying up until like, till like uh, I think it was 1030. And then I slowly tried to calm down, calm down, calm down. Thank God for like our, you know, our biohacks with chili pad, with, you know, all these different things, like the, the Felix Gray glasses, you know, I'm just like putting all this shit. Like the, everything. I'm going to the juve. I'm sitting in front of the juve. I'm Ned's, like, Ned's like going down like crazy, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. then finally I calmed down and it was probably like 11 o'clock. I finally went to sleep. And then I, I didn't know if I was going to wake up. And, and here I am. So thank God you made it. Yeah. Thank God. It was crazy, but it, it was worth it. <laughs> thank God. Hey. Uh, you guys want to hear about the what I think is going to be the biggest fucking selling product ever? What coming up? Oh yeah. Wait. Oh no, this is a real deal. This is in Forbes magazine. The world's first GMO probiotic has been invented, and it was designed. You ready for this? To cure hangovers. Wow. And it works. What? Yes. It actually fucking works. What? So they did is they they That's did it. Dangerous they, to know. they they created it's been launched so they launched it. It's do we a, have do we have a company name by chance? It's Z Biotics. Write that down, Dennis. Yeah, no, fuck man. Let's yeah, write that shit down. <laughs> um, Shout out. It's a it's it's an FDA compliant patent pending probiotic drink that's been genetically engineered to break down a toxic byproduct of alcohol called acetyl uh, acetylhyde. I think I'm pronouncing it right. That's why you feel like shit the day after you drink alcohol is because that byproduct is what causes all the problems. Huh. You take this probiotic, the bacteria has been modified 
to destroy or to break down that byproduct. So then you don't have it. And so and I'm re- as I read the article, the author is saying, oh, it fucking works. He te- wow. Yeah, they tested it several times. So I thought, too, it was like dehydration was another factor to that. Sure, drink your water and all that yeah. stuff, but you still could feel like garbage the next day. Yeah, definitely. So apparently, and they have studies to back this up. How crazy Dude, is this? that's crazy. It's a gym. Where was that when I was in college? Now, I'm a little bit afraid of this kind of stuff, right? It's yeah. okay. You, 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 you did GMO bacteria that we're consuming? I feel like that might go somewhere bad. It's I don't like know. Frankenstein bacteria. Sounds like a sci-fi movie, if you ask me. Yeah. But yeah, someone sent this to me, and I did a little research. Tell me that's not crazy. Wow! Yeah, we're gonna. I'm gonna test it out. This is this is launched. Is it going? Yeah, it's going. That's Cures it's your at. hangover, but makes you into a zombie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah but every time they play the sound, you do what they tell you. See, it, <laughs> yeah, man, how much does it cost there, Doug? Twelve dollars a bottle. Wow. Well, hey, if it works, fuck. I mean, that's as much as a drink. Remember that next time. How much? It's not even. It's not even a shot. It's a half an ounce, isn't it? Is that what it says? I can't see from here. Yeah, half ounce. Oh yeah, that's not even a shot. It's tiny. Wow. Yeah, that's. I can't wait to try this out. Oh, that's yeah. yeah, That is going to be game changer. Yeah. And speaking of science, uh, I was doing more reading on. So I've been doing a lot of reading on the other lesser known cannabinoids, the the well known ones being. Of course, THC, which we know what that does, gets you high and all that stuff. CBD, which uh, you know everybody's trying to sell now. Um, but I've been trying to learn about the other cannabinoids. I told you guys about CBG mm-hmm. uh, a little while ago. I've been reading about uh, a cannabinoid called CBC, uh, cannabichromine. And CBC, when in studies, shows that it, incre- it improves the body's ability to utilize its own natural uh, cannabinoids. So if you take CBC... It makes your body work better with other cannabinoids. Um, it's also been shown in animal studies to um, promote the growth of brain cells. Believe wow. it or not. So the old adage that you know weed will kill, you know it shrinks your brain or whatever. There's cannabinoids that do the exact opposite. Oh, wow. Now CBD, CBC, CBG, CBD, and other cannabinoids are all found if you if you get something that's full spectrum. So like Ned, who we work with, uh, they make full spectrum hemp oil. And it's funny because the response that we get from people who do that versus who just use pure CBD, it's way different. I don't know about you. Have you so, it's, so isn't that the same with like, I mean, a lot of these plants, like they found, they find uh, like dual properties to them. So one sort of like cancels out the other to balance it out. Like, so is that in hemp that they find CBG? Well, so hemp has all the cannabinoids in it. The only one it has very low amounts or no amounts is THC. That's uh-huh. why it's, that's why it's legal. Um, but when you use CBD by itself, you're not going to get the like if you if you test the enzyolytic the anti-anxiety effects of pure CBD, and you compare that to like a full spectrum, um, where where you have all the other cannabinoids, you just feel you just feel a lot better. Oh, and there you go. Look, they have a, is that is that the Ned website, Doug? That's correct. So the the most prevalent cannabinoid that was tested, and they have third-party testing. This is why we work with them in the first place. Man. CBD is the highest uh, the the highest amount, which is expected. CBD is one of the main uh, cannabinoids. Then CBD is a uh, CBC is next. CBG is third, and then after that you have like the 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 CBDV and stuff like that. But but there you go, man. That's why people keep talking about how how it works, especially when they compare. Well, it that's to a really CBD. big deal because I thought I was under the impression that the only thing that were uh, neurogenesis occurred was during fasting. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that this the the CBD- in animals. So okay. I, have, I have this wasn't tested on humans, but in cats they gave them uh, CBC, and they 
and it promoted uh, neurogenesis. So then I wonder if if you were to fast and take that, if it would like put that into hyperdrive or not. Well, so when I was doing my long fasts, my 72-hour fast, I was doing that. That was using the uh, – I was messing around with cannabinoids because – and here's why I did it. I didn't do it for that reason. The reason why I did it is I know that fasting um, – promotes cell death for old cells. So old cells tend to kill themselves. That's what makes fasting so anti-cancer. Cannabinoids also have that effect. Cannabinoids, when you expose cancer cells to high doses of cannabinoids, uh, they tend to want to commit suicide and kill themselves. That's why you know cannabinoids are anti-cancer. So I experimented and thought, hey, if I fast and supplement with Cannabinoids, maybe I'll get kind of. That'd be so cool to see some studies around that. Wouldn't that be cool? I 100% think the fasting and cannabinoids will become adjuvant therapies to chemo. I really do. I think that you're going to see that in the future. Fasting is already being looked at by the FDA. Cannabinoids uh, is being studied by pharmaceutical companies for anti cancer purposes. But that's the big difference. What you're seeing right now in the market is CBD, pure CBD, or if it has any CBD at all, right? A lot of them are liars. But you're not gonna. You're probably not gonna reap the same effects without the other, the entourage effect, the other cannabinoids, which you know Nat has all of them. So awesome. totally different. This quaz brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. First question is from D. Prinvale. What's the best way to measure body fat percentage? The same way. Yeah, yeah great answer. Good, yeah, good. Great nailed, answer. Nailed it. Yeah, there is no 100% accurate way of measuring body fat besides you die and then they take your fat off and then weigh it and then they can see where it's at. Um, they're they're all inaccurate, um, yeah, but they vary that. in what their you know in their accuracy like calipers and then it goes uh you know bioelectric impedance is probably the worst that's the one that yeah that you you touch the handles and it measures your body fat i you could change that you can manipulate it like crazy within 10 minutes you could change it calipers that a lot of that is you is the error of the person giving it right you know the consistency of how they're testing your body fat um and of course there's genetic hydrostatic weighing that's got to be the best one it's a better option yeah yeah. between that and then also uh, air compression with the bod pod yeah bod pods i've never done the bod pod i mean they're all they're they're all i mean they're all fairly accurate right but they all have a a room for error and manipulation and Mm -hmm. the and the idea is that whatever you do you're consistent with that, and and that's that's the main takeaway from this is like okay, that's the time of the day you do it, yeah. right? The, Make what everything you ate, what you drank, all that, right? Yeah, yeah, control all the factors. And the more you can control like that, the more accurate those things become. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you are really consistent with your your food intake, your water intake, the time that you you do it at, the consistency of who takes the test on you, I mean, all those factors are controlled. Then I mean it'll be a really good a, a really good uh, example of where where you were and where you are now and the actual number of what it says is less important to the the, the change over the time right so totally you know anytime I had to have a client that would do a test and I, we've done all of these actually I've done calipers I've done bioimpedance I've done the uh, bod pod I've done the dunk tank uh, or the hydrostatic way whatever I've used all of them. that one is the one that I like to use the most. Um, mm-hmm. 
I, I one the, the person really you like that? Yeah, the I hydro- hate the hydrostatic way. Yeah, I where you got to go underwater and breathe out every bit of air. Yeah, yeah. some fucking, people have a hard time with that. Yeah, it's terrifying because it is like counterintuitive, right? But it's like, the, uh, the thing the thing about that though is, and in, in, I've talked to the uh, guy who runs those. Right, is even if you held your breath and you went under, uh, the amount of air is way less. Like it would only make a difference. Like I think it was like uh, the most it can make a difference is like up to a half a percent. Oh, really? Right. So if you, even if you held your breath and you went under and you didn't release your air like you're supposed to, Mm. it wouldn't skew the test by that much. Mm -hmm. So uh, now have you found more value in them just like taking pictures of their body and like being able to kind of like look at that like on a weekly basis? So I, I use, I use kind of all the above, right? So again, this goes back to you know, when we started doing a lot of these things, you know, tracking and helping people, we just didn't have a lot of these tools. The fact that we have tools now where I can have someone enter their food into an app, I can have, obviously we've had scale weight for a long time. I can have a scale weight. I can have a body fat test. And then I can also have a, a very clear, easy digital picture they take on a weekly basis. I like all of it. Mm-hmm. So, and and as it's a co- data. as a coach, that's what I would ask for. And I really would not. I didn't give a lot. I didn't give a lot of. Uh, or there wasn't a lot of conversation with me and my client around these things. It really was. I want you to do all these things for me to collect the data. From there, I kind of make the decision on which way to go for my clients. And the the, the visual one is my favorite for. Uh, because what happens to us, even if like all the data is showing the right direction, like, you know, oh, body fat, the body fat test shows I'm down. My scale says I'm down one or two pounds. But what do clients normally say to you? Like, I feel the same. I feel yeah. like I look the same or My I don't clothes fit the same. Yeah. Cause they look at themselves four times a day, every day. And so to see, and we know how incremental change is like this, uh, with body fat percentage and building muscle, it's over the course of a month or two months time. It's, we're talking about a few pounds of swing mm-hmm. of muscle and mm-hmm. fat. It's not like a huge difference distributed throughout your entire body. Yeah. So it's very subtle changes. But when you have a nice visual that you can look at from four weeks ago today, and if you've been doing good diet-wise, training-wise, you should see a nice visual change in body composition if yeah, you've done a good yeah. job. So when I first became a trainer, I did regular body fat tests and I did circumference measurements and I did all that mm-hmm. stuff. Later on, I moved away from all of it. And here's why. Now, I could see the value in it for a couple different reasons. Like every once in a while you get a client who's like, oh my God, the scale only moved a pound. What's going on? And then you could show them, oh, actually you lost four pounds of body fat and you gained you know, three pounds of muscle, and that's why the scale only moved a pound. So there's some value in that. But here's why I moved away from all that. It starts to, it encourages this obsession, mm-hmm. this body obsession with constantly checking, constantly looking at myself. And later on, I realized what I'm trying to do is create lifelong good behaviors and also create a good relationship with their body and with exercise. And so I moved away from all that. And what I found was I was more successful. Well, I, was, I was more successful later on by not, because they would, they would end up, Measuring and weighing themselves anyway, I just stopped doing all that, and we would just focus on well, it also performance spe- and feel and all that stuff. It also speaks to, I mean, this is where we're all very different, right? Like, you know, there's definitely, even though we have almost the same amount of years experience, the types of clients that we probably train more of, like you definitely train probably more advanced age people and people that just want a general health and mm-hmm. feel better, like. I definitely, and I train probably more of the high performing, you know, 30 to 50 year old, like CEO want, you know, 
and they want to know and, and engineers. Yeah, they want yeah, and they and so I I liked this stuff. I liked a lot of this stuff for those those reasons. Uh, yeah. But if people ask me, I wouldn't turn them down. If they said, "Hey, can I test my body fat?" I would do it every single. But time. I but, definitely spent a lot of time in the very beginning establishing as many of these metrics as I possibly could, and then it, we I'd revisit it based on request, like something yeah. like that would come up. So it was kind of a both. Uh, you know, in between both your guys' sort of methods to where I would make sure like I had a lot of the data that I could refer to and then kind of see the progress over like maybe it was some a month, maybe it was three months, like sure. but I would revisit it. I just remember how much um how much this was this changed me when I was getting into competing. Like when I started to compete and I had to track like up until that point, I never not to this level. Like I kind of tracked when back in the days when I used to write things down and uh, you know, but I was never as 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 diligent and as consistent uh, as I was when I was getting ready to compete. Even the year leading up to competing, I was already tracking very diligently. Like so, you know, for about I had about five years of like just neurotic tracking, mm -hmm. and it taught me a lot, and it it really opened my eyes to a few things. And one of the biggest things I think it opened my eyes to that that relates to the common person was. What a difference uh, carbohydrate and water intake and sodium intake could really manipulate the way somebody's body looks from hour to hour to day to day almost. And and what that what it did to me was, and I remember like you know t tracking, knowing that my macros were right online, you, you know every my water was good, my training was all good. But then all of a sudden I would take a picture in the evening time on the next day in the middle of the week or something, and I'd be like, whoa, I look worse than what I looked just. Mm -hmm just a week or two ago. And and what came to mind right now, what I what was I was okay was I knew I was tracking so far. So I knew I was okay and, and I and I'm like, oh wow, okay. I probably I, here's the you know, I drink a half gallon more water today and I, you know, I increase uh, this is a higher carb day. So I had an extra hundred grams of carbohydrates. Right. The difference of a hundred grams of carbs and a half a gallon of water makes a huge difference in water retention in your body and could change the visual effect and even the scale by a significant amount, but that doesn't mean you're doing bad on your program. It means you you could still be doing perfect, but it could throw it could throw you off on the mental side. Yeah. And so, if I felt that as a as a a coach, a trainer, a, a knowledgeable, experienced person who knew what was going on, and I felt that oh whoa, what did I do? Oh, and I had to go back and look. Oh, I'm fine. That made me go wow. How many clients? Do you tell them, eat this way, train this way, do this? And they're going through, yeah, I trust Adam or Sal and Justin. I trust what they're saying. But in the back of their mind, they're still questioning because they're like, I definitely don't feel like I'm making progress or I don't feel good today. I feel, And then I'm not going to tell him, but I'm going to skip that last meal tomorrow or I'm going to get on some cardio. I mean, I know I had clients that did shit like this. I know mm -hmm. I had clients that, you know, even though I was telling them what to do, still didn't listen to me and went and did more. You know, like, oh, I'm going to do a little more. Because yeah, the scale changed the pattern. Right, because yeah. the scale changed. So now, as a tool, as a tool to, in that sense, to explain uh, things and break things down, I, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. The problem I have with the trainer who does the regular testing, which I did for the first few years of training, it was like every other week, oh, today we're going to do measurements. We're going to compare it to last, you know, last time I did them. The reason why I stopped that, I mean, think about it. Here you are, you're the average person. You never have worked out really consistently. You're trying to make this a part of your life. And every two weeks, you got to test. Yeah. Every two weeks, I'm showing up to get tested. Like school. Yeah, like, like ah. okay, you know, oh, yeah. fuck, here we go. Here's what I... It really does encourage a bad relationship with exercise. It, cre it creates a bad relationship with the gym. 
and it, and it, it, it encourages body obsession, obsession with every little change of my body, obsession with what's going on. You know, it's like it's like I would tell clients not to weigh themselves. Oftentimes, I would take a, tell a client, "Do me a favor, take your scale, put it in the closet, don't use it anymore," and they would do better. Do you know how many times I would have a client where I would tell them to to stop focusing so heavily on everything, stop micromanaging everything, and then they would end up getting more fit and leaner because they removed the stress and anxiety from all that. So towards most of the, the back half of my career, we didn't do measurements. We didn't, I mean, unless they asked me or if I had to illustrate a point like what you're saying, Adam, where yeah. someone's like, what's going on with my weight? Why is my weight changing? Then I would do stuff like that and I'd say, okay, here's what's going on. It's obviously water weight. I tested your body fat. Your body fat didn't go up. You know, you're, you can hold more water. And then once I'd make that point, no more focus on that stuff. Now, yeah, I if would you're training a, a competitor makes perfect sense. Yeah, though. I would say that I, I I always eventually move away from it, right? I mean, mm. the goal is always intuitive training, intuitive eating, right? Is is the is the ultimate goal for any you want to get any client to where they they're not dependent on you, they're not dependent on all these tests and things to feedback. But for teaching purposes, hundred uh, percent everybody still to this day, if I were to coach and help somebody. The very first thing I make them do is to track all these things very diligently. Now, body fat percentage, I don't like to take body fat percentage more often than about every six weeks. Just because it's, you, they say a half a percent to a percent a week is about the the, the high yeah, end. It's user error. I mean, God, how, yeah. how you can error that with the test. Right. right. Yeah. So exactly. So if, if you could easily error that, I don't want to be tracking that diligently on, on body fat percentage because it could really easily be skewed the wrong way and then throw them for a loop the other direction where it's six weeks to eight weeks. You know, that's enough time of consistency that I should be able to show them a good, solid improvement. And I always trip over the body. Like, you you think a particular body fat percentage is supposed to look a, way, a particular way. It looks different on But everybody. boy, is it different. Like, oh, yeah. I tend to look leaner than I am. Oftentimes, I would get a test and be like, wow, I thought I was 7%, but I'm actually around, you know, 8%. When you look at my shoulders, arms, and legs, when you look at my midsection, I look higher than my body fat percentage uh, typically would say. For me to have a six-pack in the past, I'd have to be single-digit body fat. I knew guys that would hit you know, six-pack at 11% body fat. That wasn't me. Yeah. I'd have to go 9 8%. So it is very different from person to person, and getting too focused on that, uh, you know, that just causes problems. I, I would say you know, take it with a grain of salt. Use it as a tool, but don't focus too heavily on it. Next question is from Will Schreiner. My nine-year-old girl wants to start working out with me in the gym. Do you recommend bands or free weights? Body weight. Yeah. I think that's yeah. the best way to start. Definitely. Is to get them to learn how to manipulate their own body. Uh, standing squats, mm -hmm. elevated type push-ups, you know, practicing handstands where you hold her legs up so she can kind of try to support herself. Like a MAPS Anywhere protocol. Yeah, you know, uh, because that proprioceptive ability uh, will, will, will benefit them tremendously. Now, if I had to pick between bands and weights... Um, I don't know. I guess I would probably pick weights, but go super, super light. Now, here's here's the truth. There is no wrong answer here so long as their form and stability and technique is perfect. Right. There is no fear of – the fear of injuring your kid is if you have them go beyond their capability. Well, and their capability the proper is, dose of intensity. Yes, and the capability is pretty low. Like You'll take a little kid who – you know, has the strength to, let's say, press 10 pound, a 10-pound weight above their head, but they don't have the balance to do it. And you'll notice this. You'll take yeah. a 10-year-old, have them hold a one-pound dumbbell that's light, 
and their hand will. That's the biggest struggle yeah. you're going to have trying to coach them through these movements mm-hmm. is just that they don't their their body is just not as aware that you know what to, what to sort of like anchor down and what to uh, you know what to press and and how to actually like hold their body and sustain you know their their body in that 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 plane and that 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 position. So to be able to get them to to you know access uh you know way to brace their body and like control the movement controlling the movement is everything at the early stage i mean you could follow something that's uh, that we've written and created like a maps anywhere but you could even simplify it more than that if you didn't want to invest in a full program for them to follow like i would literally do so i would be squatting pulling up lunging you know body weight row yeah, planking yeah pl- holding yourself up. some very I, I would pick like five movement body weight type body movements weight squats, yeah. yeah that got that's very basic and just perfect those get good at them get controlled with them watch form because they're gonna have a hard time with that single leg toe touch i know that's in anywhere and i think that's a that's a great uh, so here's something i used to do with kids with that I, i'm glad you brought that that exercise up i used to so here's the thing with kids uh, is you got to make it kind of a game mm-hmm. so because i've trained kids as young as nine years old and so what i would do is i would take a bunch of, uh, I don't know, marbles or pencils, and I'd put them on the floor, and I'd say, you have to bend over and pick these up, but you have to do it while standing on one foot. So then they would automatically kind of do this single leg toe touch, trying to pick up as many pencils as they can mm-hmm. with one hand, yeah, and then smart. if they touch the floor, okay, you touch the floor, you got five pencils, good job. Now mm-hmm. let's see if you can beat that, get, into, mm-hmm. get six this time. Yeah. So kind of create you know those types of, of games. Give them a medicine ball. You know, tell them, push this off your chest, see how far you could throw it. You know, throw this to dad or whatever, throw this to mom and kind of have those games. And the workouts tend to be short. You're looking at 20-minute type workouts. Unless you you get the rare – I used to – when I used to own my my little wellness studio, I was next door to this, uh, this coffee shop, this breakfast joint. And the owner there had this young boy who loved – he was a small kid for his age. And he used to ride his skateboard and then he'd stop and watch – through the window and he would just look with awe and he would always stop right around the times that I would be working out. This would be around summertime when he was out of school and he'd watch me work out and Mm -hmm. I I could recognize the look in his face. Like it was me. That was me when I was a kid. Like I looked up to strong enamored with you. Yeah. Yeah. Strong, muscular, like, Oh my God, I want to get strong. And so then, you know, I'd go out there and be like, Hey, what's up buddy? And he'd be like, like, do you want to be big and strong? He's like, yeah, I want to, I want to lift weight. Now that a kid like that, let him go. Yeah. Have a great time. That kid easily spent an hour and a half in in oh, my yeah. studio working out. Right. That's like yeah. It's like my youngest. It's, it really is like it's it's they watch you. They 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 start mimicking, and uh, that's where I was like. I mean, I even taught my youngest. He's only six years old. Out of like, and he has pretty proper mechanics for a kettlebell swing already. So, I mean, it's there's little things that you just notice if they start to pick up on it. I can like coach you know just just a little bit to sharpen it up for them, and then they he just goes in there and works at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. personally, I would take like I would have if you don't already own the Maps Anywhere program, I would take that and then I would pick a handful of exercises from there and and teach that to your is your daughter is it daughter's yeah. your daughter and see what what if she like just falls in love with it and is good at it right away and is looking for more with the so my goal as dad is like I would like to get her to the point where she could actually do this whole program but I'm going to start off with just a few of these movements and see if that keeps her attention and she works towards and getting just better build on it from there yeah and yeah. just build on it you know add a new exercise every you know maybe you only give her three to five exercises to work on and and do while you're working out and then as she gets better I'd add another exercise yeah. and add another exercise and you know you you might find someone like the the 
kid Sal saying she may be thirsty for more right away. And oh, that's you- that's rare though. Most kids though they get bored yeah. after about twenty. Here's the big key. Uh, this is what I, I've told parents this time and time again. The big key is to create positive, fun associations with exercise because if it becomes a do this, do that, and the kid dreads it, you're creating a a, a, a relationship where they'll, they'll probably not want to work out when they're on their own. When they're older, they're going to rebel and they're like, fuck, I don't like the gym. My dad used to force me to do it. I hate, you know, I used to, you know how many clients I've had who it's were. It's like food, dude. It's yeah, the same thing with yeah, food. Yep. I've had a lot of clients who were competitive, like swimmers, and then they never wanted to fucking swim again. As soon as they were done with school, like, because their parents forced them all the time. Yeah. They're just overbearing. Yeah. So, like, like, here's what I do with my son, right? With my son, now he doesn't have the same thirst for lifting weights like I did. And it probably because he's not insecure like I was. I was super insecure about my body, and that was what drove me. He's pretty secure with himself, so you know, he, and we enjoy it. But what I do with the workouts with him is, he gets to cuss. We get to tell dirty jokes. It's like <laughs> it's time with him and dad where he could like yeah, talk like man time. however he wants. You know what I mean? Mm. And so we have a lot of fun. So I, I, I know later on when he's older, he'll remember and be like, "Oh, that was a good time with my dad. It creates that good." With my sister, I'm excuse me, with my daughter, we'll play music, we'll dance, we'll have fun. I'll color with her throw darts and then in between we exercise and my goal is to try to make them like enjoy like look forward to the time or at the very least not have a bad experience because i've seen a lot of parents with their kids where it's like fucking boot camp yeah. and i'm looking at the kids i'm like, like you're fat yeah, no do un- something unfortunately things. a lot of parents that get their kids involved in fitness is because of that because yeah. they've allowed them to overeat for so long the kids put on living a bunch, vicariously yeah then the kids put on a bunch of body fat then the parents go oh shit i see i've done this so now i need to make my kid exercise right. worst thing ever that way. no no it's not good and what'll end up happening is when your kid is old enough to make their own decisions that's how they're going to rebel they're going to go get exact opposite of that Next question is from Adam Pullman Fit. As you guys have met more and more trainers and coaches in the fitness industry, what do you feel is keeping them from seeing their clientele and business flourish? Oh, this is this is great because we just we just had our our team meetings this morning and we meet with all of our staff one at a time. And one of the things uh, we were discussing with Eli and Danny is this actually exact topic, and. You know, we talked about this with Mind Pump when we first we first came in the space, and it was really apparent to us that the people that were the most popular on YouTube and Instagram uh, that were that were good trainers uh, that were that putting out really intelligent, smart information was. I don't think they realize that they're speaking more to their peers and a very small percentage of the population. It would be other trainers, coaches, PTs. And then the high end, you know, or high percentage of of people that are very advanced, been lifting for a really long time, understand somewhat of anatomy, looking for the competitive edge inside the gym. When you when you look at the the entire population, that really probably only makes up about five percent, maybe ten percent of the entire population. And so one of the things that I and, and this this goes for a lot of these great trainers that we've met that we've highlighted on our YouTube that we've had on the, the podcast and that we've met personally, um, it's like this this vicious cycle that's happening. Uh, the, and the new ones up and coming, they look up to these kids. They look up to the Jeff Nippards that are that are putting out really good stuff and the you know a lot of these trainers that have created really good YouTube channels that I think are great. But problem is. I don't think they realize who they're attracting and that it's a very small pool that they're 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 fishing in 
and where where if they wanted to continue to grow, they would learn to speak more to the average person or the person that actually doesn't even want to go to the gym because of that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. What they don't, and I guess this is something that we put together as trainers a long time ago was, you know, I, I had to motivate people that didn't want to go to the gym, didn't like working out. Uh, and the more and more I was, a, or longer and longer that I was a personal trainer, the more and more I realized that this was the majority. Most people didn't love working out like I did or love learning about anatomy, love learning about nutrition. Most people hated all that stuff, but they recognized that it's important. That's important for their health. It's important if they want to keep a good physique. It's important to be strong. It's it's important for uh, longevity. So they're there. They're there because they, but they don't want any of this other deep shit. And these trainers, they tend to do that. They tend to speak at this level that attracts other trainers and other high level people that are already motivated to go to the gym. And I think that's where, where we're missing in the fitness space is learning to speak to everybody and more importantly, speak to the other 95%. They don't speak above everybody. And I think we noticed this right away too, with how much the fitness industry was losing in terms of people out there on Instagram that were just doing like a hype reel and we're taking their shirt out and then putting like, you know, a supplement stack out there and then putting out like, you know, do the like these most simple basic things ever. And they were getting like massive traction and they were, they were just I mean, everybody was was paying attention to what they're doing. And we're just like, this is crazy. This is not even good information. But yet they're getting a lot more eyes, a lot more people like uh, buying their products and all these things. So what was the lesson there was that we really have to simplify and, and reduce the amount of specific information we present in front of people. So that way we don't overwhelm them or uh, you know, not relate to them in, in terms of them just like, oh, I just, I just want to get in shape. Like, mm-hmm. can I just focus on that? Yeah, trainers and coaches focus too much on what they say, and they don't focus enough on how they say it. Right. The the most important skill, hands down, hands down, that you have as a coach and a trainer, far more important than any other skill you can think of. More important than your knowledge, more important than your education, more important than how motivating you are. Uh, is your ability to communicate. Um, and there's another word for that. It's called sales skills. Now, people listening may be thinking, well, what do you mean by sales skills? I'm not trying to sell tons of... You're always trying to sell fitness. Every time you talk to your client... Look, if I'm talking to somebody... ABCF. And I'm trying to get them to change their eating behaviors, which these are these are ingrained behaviors. You know how hard it is to change somebody's eating behaviors. I have to sell it to them, but I have to do it in an effective way. And if I talk above them... Or if I talk about too much stuff all at once, I may sound smart, but I'm not going to do a damn good job. I'm not going to do a good job at all. They're not going to change their behavior. So how you communicate by far is the most important skill. And here's the problem. Most of these trainers and coaches focus on learning more stuff, getting more certifications, getting more knowledgeable, who's the smarter guy or girl. And very few of them focus on how I communicate and am I actually really communicating this in a way that is supremely effective so that it's actually getting people to change. This is the story of Mind Pump. Okay, we, we started Mind Pump with zero media experience. Not a single person on this podcast had any experience with any kind of acting or media or podcasting or anything. But what we did have was- I did a high school play though. Yeah, that, that does, <laughs> but what we did have Just though was, was decades of 
working with everyday people. And here's what happens when you train people for two decades. If you actually really care about people, if you really care about getting them better, is you start to figure that out. The first half of, the, of, of your career, you're just fucking, here's your macro breakdown, here's your meal plan, here's your workouts, follow it. Oh, cool, you lost 20 pounds. That's awesome. Oh, shit, you gained it back three months later. Or you stopped working out with me. I see you again. Now you're back to where you were square one. You start to learn after about 10 years that, okay, I, it's not working. What I'm doing is not working. Sure, if they follow exactly what I say, they'll get in shape. But no one's doing that. So am I really helping anybody? So in the back half of your career, you realize, okay, how I'm communicating this is all wrong. I got to figure out a way to communicate what I know in a way that is effective so that people make forever changes. That's the truth. That's the, that's the key now. Do you want your clients to change temporarily? Because that's easy. Or do you want to get them to change forever? And if you're a good trainer, it's forever. Focus on your communication skills. I'll tell you something right now. If you have a certified trainer who's experienced and they're sitting there and they're weighing out whether they should invest money in a new certification or invest money in a course on sales skills, you know which one's going to give you way more payback in terms of client success and success of your business? Sales skills. Hands down every single time. Well, one of the things that is, and this is the conversation. So Danny and I just had this conversation recently because he's incredibly, I mean, I think Danny has more certifications than almost any trainer I've ever met in my life. At, at what twenty three? Yeah, I think you're right. No, he does. He has he has so many of them. You could he has not, all of them. Yeah, he literally yeah. has every like yeah. now. So the guy is just for a twenty three year old, one of the smartest kids that I've met, uh, especially uh, pertaining to book smarts. Like he has read every certification and gone to all these courses. Now the the problem is, and the, the challenge that you know anyone, including himself, has that I, that, that I understand. Um, because it, it, I felt it even in my, my late thirties, I felt the, 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 the insecure feeling that I had when I was on the YouTube channel when we first started. And that is, it's inevitable. You're going to get these fucking trolls that come on there and they say shit to you. And, and it makes me want to, and what, what that causes me to do, like if you come in there and you talk shit, it makes me want to be like, Oh, I need to show them how smart I am. Like I need to let them, like, I'm not just some dumb trainer. Like I know what the fuck I'm doing. And so I start to elevate how I'm speaking, or I get deeper and more technical to defend myself mm -hmm. with whoever it is that's insulting me. And the thing that I try to explain to Danny is like the 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 hundred comments that come on there that are trolls that are coming in there to you know correct your your you know, terminology that you used. Those are not the same people that are sharing it with ten of their friends because it was the most amazing cues that helped them inside the gym. So you need to pay no attention to them. And I use the example of. Some of our most viral videos, you know, we've we've created some videos, uh, like the like the 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 butt one, uh, the bicep curl one I did, the chest fly one I did, and if you look on there, I have just as many negative comments. There's a hundred people on there making fun of my calves, talking shit to me that I <laughs> I don't understand anatomy and where the bicep inserts, like all this fucking bullshit on there, just. And I think if I hadn't been doing this now for a while, I could see how somebody like Danny, when gets stuff like that, could affect you, and then makes you want to come back over the top with like this really deep and technical, you know, YouTube uh, or podcast or whatever. Problem is that's not really helping all these people. And what it is is the most basic, simple cue is. And then when I think back of being a trainer, like when I think about every exercise, you know, that I've taught, uh, no matter how simple the exercise is. I can I can tell you that there's a common mistake made, you know, and at least one, if not two or three common mistakes that hundreds of people that have been in front of me make. And if I could just help one person or one with one cue related to that exercise that the person watching me on YouTube can now take back 
to the gym that, that day when they go in That's there. That's easy to understand, makes perfect sense, and most people are going to experience an issue with. Exactly. That's it. That is the that's the that is the YouTube mm -hmm. that gets that's the, the the video that gets shared a thousand times. And it's like when we look at our videos that are growing our YouTube channel, it's those videos. You can look at the ones that are the most viral. And it's, it's never the most technical, in-depth video that we made. It's the most basic video that we made with a really practical, solid tip. I mean, the, the bicep curl, what I'm talking about, I talk about standing on a split stance and retracting your shoulders. It's like the stupidest- yeah, And you don't say that. You say, pull your shoulders back. Yeah, I say, pull <laughs> yeah. chest up, pull your shoulders back, and stand on one leg. Why? Because I know that I've taught that a thousand fucking times, and everybody has the habit of rocking their shoulders or cheating it. And when you balance on one leg, you can't cheat it because you'll fall over. When you pull your shoulders back, it keeps you from rocking in, in the elbows and then getting the shoulders engaged in the exercise. That's it. Yeah, simple. Very, very simple. Very, very simple. No, I, I'd say focus on how you say things. Are you really being effective in, in the long term? And here's the second thing. Stop focusing so much on motivation. It, that's a, it's a, <laughs> Thank you for saying that. That is, a, that is a losing battle because here's the thing. If you want to develop a lifelong consistent relationship with exercise, you cannot rely on motivation because motivation does not last forever. There's not a single person on this planet that is always motivated all the time. It just doesn't work. It's a feeling like any other. It's like happiness or sadness or hunger or sleepiness. It comes and it goes. But if we're constantly training towards motivation, what you're going to get is you're going to get a lot of people who start working out, and then when the motivation fades, they stop working out. And you really haven't helped anybody. So the key is to work away from that. How do I get people to become consistent without motivation? I'll tell you. Start with a small, realistic yet challenging goal, but it's got to be realistic for the person. That may mean they just start working out once a week. That's all it may be may mean. Or it may mean they just read a page out of a of a fitness book. I actually had a client who I had to start that way. Have them start doing that consistently, and then it becomes a behavior, and then naturally they'll start to add upon that. But the whole motivation thing with the this is why there's so many fitness fads. This is why, you know, you know, there's a spin classes are popular. Oh no, it's boot camp classes. Oh no, it's orange theory. Oh no, it's curves. Because they're all about motivation, and motivation fades, and as that fades, then the fa then the, the 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 fad goes away, and then the next one comes. Meanwhile, nobody's in shape forever. Nobody's really making any well, real impact. Now, once the motivation fades, now now it it lies on the science, and a lot of that shit's not supported by yeah, a lot of really right, good right, science. Right, right. So so <laughs> oh, forget. No. So there you go. Learn how to communicate better. That'll make you the most effective uh, coach and trainer that you can be. And stop with the rah 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 motivation shit. Uh, that stuff uh, sounds fun and it's cool. Doesn't get anybody in shape uh, forever. Next question is from Arthur Loco ten seventeen. What was the scariest experience you guys had when working in a gym? How did you handle it, and did it change you in any way? Scariest, scary. Well, I the first thing that comes to mind for me is uh, the the day I thought I was going to get fired. Uh, this was when I was twenty four ish. 24, 25, I was managing Hillsdale. I think I've shared this story on the podcast before, maybe. Yeah, is this where you had the, the party? And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, I used to, it was it was uh, really nor common that I would invite my staff over on, um, you know, a, a big fight. So that, this goes back dating myself, right? Mike Tyson was fighting and... You know, and then UFC was really starting to come on with, with yeah, with their Smith. with their with their uh, their their fights, and we would rent them on pay per view. And 
I would barbecue for the staff and, you know, we'd watch the fight together and it was just like a team building thing. And honestly, uh, truth be told, I don't think I shared this part of the podcast. A lot of the motivation behind it was I remember uh, one year I was talking to my, my CPA and uh, I was talking about ways I could write things off. And you know, write off the fights? Yeah. He said, <laughs> <laughs> so I used to write off the fights and write off all the the food and everything. So look at all these leftovers. Yeah. Oh, guys, see you guys. All these people work with me. I was like, "Fuck! I'm gonna I'm gonna rent it anyways. Yeah. Might as well invite some staff over. Call it a team building." So he was actually the yeah. one who put me onto that. So that's actually kind of why it was very. Con- I was consistent with it. So this wasn't like just once or twice. He's do it all the time. Anyways, uh, I had a a new front desk girl that was there, um, and I also had a new trainer who was there. And after the party kind of had died off and uh, there's there was like a handful, probably five or six trainers still hanging around my place. And outside of my property or outside of my house, um, supposedly um, this new trainer I had uh, tried to force himself on a front desk girl. And that was reported the next morning. Now, I didn't know anything about it the night of. I didn't know anything until after the fact. And the way I found out was... HR had called me in into the office. They actually had brought the head of HR down to the gym. I hate and, that woman. Oh yeah, and they had uh, both of them in there, and they sat me you down. Me off air. And they they were going to they were going to fire me over this incident because I was uh, the the boss and I was uh, hosting it at my house. There was alcohol involved. Uh, the shitty part was the way the picture was painted and the way it really was was nowhere near. You know, this wasn't a party. It was, you know, 20 people at best of our staff members. It was a barbecue. I had less than 12. There wasn't even enough beer for each person to have one. That's like how little of alcohol was involved in this situation. But, of course, if you weren't there and this situation happens, it sounds like, Adam, the irresponsible manager, throws parties at his house, gets underage people drunk, and then some. And then one of his staff members forces himself on another staff member, and I'm held liable to all this. So this really uh, fucked with me. I mean, it was. I mean, I remember, I remember being super emotional. I left the, the the gym crying and like just. I thought my whole career. I mean, at this point in my life, I'm at the I'm at the peak, right? I bought my house at 22, so here I'm at 24, 25. I'm making six figures plus, like. The, still the economy's decent still right now. Everything's going good for me. And, and in fact, in the gym I was at, we were crushing goals. Everything was like I was in a very good place. And then this happens, and I thought it was all going to go away. Like I thought I was going to lose this this career that I was in love with, and I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, and I was lucky. I was lucky that there was people, uh, vice presidents and presidents, that uh, knew who I was, and I was a, a top performer, and so um, I got a very stern warning and, and written up in a, like a final documentation if anything like this ever happened again, that I'd be terminated automatically. Black, black mark next to your name, though. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And for sure, I was uh, blackballed forever after that because I'd never got promoted uh, even years later to come. And they always leaned back on that. Well, you know, we don't know. We're not sure if you're in a place, yeah, we can trust you in a, in a regional you know, position where you have even more responsibility. And so I, I had that hanging over me for a really long time. But it did shift the way I was with employees because at that time I was so young when I got into leadership that I still kind of led with this speed of the leader and, you know, because this is this is before I've talked about the story of that really made the, 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 the pivot and change and started reading reading a ton of books and I started leading differently. 
this point in my career, I'm more like speed of the leader guy and rally the troops. You know, I was like, watch me crush, motivate every all the staff members. I'm the cool the cool boss to work with because I'm young, I'm fun, I'm cool to be around. And that was kind of like my philosophy, and that's how I had a lot of success. And that really shook all that up. It was like, holy shit, like I can't get that close to my staff. And I forever changed. I was never the same way. I didn't go hang out with my staff uh, outside if I ever did. Um, if it was like with some, because Justin's probably thinking right now, what are you talking about? You and I hung out outside of work. It would be someone who I trusted um, you know, for a long time. They were with me and we'd built a relationship that I felt comfortable that we could go on a snowboarding trip together or we could do something. But man, I really, I, I really never partied with trainers ever again after that because mm -hmm. it forever changed how I was with my team. Oh, mm -hmm. shit. Well, I got a different yeah. scary story. Okay. I mean, I've been in similar positions to that, Adam, but for me, I remember the, this was my, this was this, my second stint, uh, at 24 hour fitness. So the first time I worked there, left in a blaze of glory, uh, had a, owned a gym. That's a whole different story for a different podcast. but I came back and they gave me the club of a, a, a pick, whatever club you want. I picked a club that was in San Jose. They had re-grand opened it. Uh, so I went in there to, to do the re-grand opening. It was next to the house that I had just uh, moved into. Um, and so I go in there and the assistant manager, the AGM. So when you're a general manager of a club, your right-hand man or, or girl is your assistant, your AGM. That's your top salesperson, top person. That's the person you lean on the most. So I walk in there. I'm not going to say his name, but the AGM person that I had was – he seemed cool or whatever. He'd been with the company for a long time. So I'm like, all right, this is all good. This is like three days into me running this new club. I'm coming in. I'm trying to be all good because the first time I had left 24-hour, like I said, I left in a blaze of glory. I told everybody to fuck off and all that stuff. So I'm coming back. I'm like, I want to be good. I don't want no fucking crazy shit happening. So this guy, three days into me going in there, this dude walks in and he's acting weird. And he's a big dude. He's like 240, 250-pound guy. He's acting kind of weird. So I'm, I'm like, what's going on? So I look at him. And I'm trying to have conversation with him, and his eyes are looking kind of glossy. Oh, I know who this is. And he's like making weird jokes and kind of moving weird, and then he'd pop up out of the desk and like walk <laughs> around the gym, like what the fuck is going on? Is he on coke? Or so I'm following him around. I'm like, hey, what's going? Hey, what's? And I'm like thinking like something's not right, dude. Like something is not is not cool. Well, next thing I know, the dude takes his shirt off, so now he's shirtless. He's oh walking God. through the gym, <laughs> and he's acting crazy. Then he goes in the locker room, and he's naked. And he's dancing, wow. fucking talking Have to people. A good time. I'm trying to talk to him, and I'm like, "Yo, man, you need to put your clothes on. We got to figure out what's going on." And it didn't seem like it was good. Yeah. A member called the cops because this guy was obviously on drugs. He was on he was on something. Cops show up, pick this guy, and it's like three days in, man. I'm like, really? <laughs> what, what do you think he was on? Uh, he was on a, a combination of of substances. I think it was like opiates and GHB. He was doing something. Dude. But and he's a Hearing big music and he's a big fucking dude, big dude. And he, you know, cops show up and there's like four cops back there, like pulling him out of the club. Super loud personality oh too. I you know, know exactly who this is because this 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 went this echoed throughout the whole company. And I was like, fuck, dude, three days in, and I got this going on. Oh my god, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, the second scariest thing that happened was, uh, dude was working out, didn't put collars on the bar. Uh, was doing an incline press, couldn't rack it, weight slides off one side, the bar mm. flies out of his hand, mm. and it flings and it literally snaps another dude's forearm 
in half. Oh, oh shit. No. Like hit his forearm Oof. and his arm bent down. So it was like folded and bone was sticking out. And you know in the movies when they show blood? Yeah. That's what was happening. Whoa. With his heartbeat, you could see the blood go straight compound fracture and like, yeah. like just blood you see the blood spurt. And I'm like, oh, my oh God. I don't know what to do, dude. So we're like, grab towels and we're like get the fucking ambulance oh over here God, oh my god oh shit I've yeah. never heard you tell that story yeah because you know if you ever see, that was my first time I've ever seen tra- like traumatic dude yeah dude I've seen that happen once when I was at a basketball game and that totally changed me afterwards oh dude. yeah did you start to kind of be a little bit afraid of like hurting yourself you know, yeah I was like ooh like that. that can happen like yeah, oh yeah, no yeah, yeah. yeah for me it was uh, it was actually when I was training uh, this girl in uh, I'm, I've always like prided myself in terms of like being safe and, and, and paying attention to signs and cues and, uh, you know, knowing like what type of intensity was appropriate. Uh, obviously, I pushed the boundaries when I was first starting because I thought everybody was on the same level as me, uh, you know, going through athletic training and whatnot. And I was, you know, obviously I was way off in the very beginning, but uh, this was more towards the beginning, but I wasn't like super crazy. But I noticed that my client that came in, she was a younger girl. She was probably like 16 or something. And uh, we had, we started training and I just noticed that her energy levels were a little low. And like she just was kind of staring off in the distance. And so I went through this like back in the, the time I was doing this sort of like really light circuit with her and was was doing dumb shit. But, um, you <laughs> no, know, you, don't, you look like you have low energy. We should do. A yeah, circuit. we should probably do a circuit. <laughs> Uh, so first move was dumb, right? I should have just had her just, you know, <laughs> just stretch the entire time. Yeah. Right. And just do nothing. But, uh, so I noticed that like she was getting a little off balance and whatnot. And I was like, you know, we should probably stop. Let's go get you some water. I'll walk you back. And I started walking. I walked and she didn't follow me and I just kept walking and I, I look back and I just see her, like her eyes kind of roll back. And then she, she fell into the wall and then fell all the way on the ground and like basically like passed out. And I was like, ah, like I ran over there and I'm like, call 911. I had the front desk call 911. And then, uh, you know, the paramedics show up and all this stuff. And she's like, and she comes to, and she's like, Oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. Like later I find out, she tells me like she was on like diet pills. It was a really hot day. Uh, she was dehydrated. Like every like wrong thing possible was like a factor in this. And, but I just, I didn't pick up on it early enough. And so it just, it, it totally like showed me like, wow, I have to pay super attention to like, like the dilated pupils, like all these types of things that, that were like dead giveaways. Get on the intercom. Attention members and guests. You want a hardcore workout? <laughs> Come train with you see what I did? Yeah. 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 He'll make you oh, die. I'll, I'll get you in shape dude. if it kills you. Uh, one more story. I just remembered this one. There was this dude that, uh, this is when I was at Sunnyvale and we used, used to, when you walk in the front desk, there was a, there was glass like kind of a wall, and you could see into the pool area. And there was this big motherfucker, big old beard, older guy, looked like a like your stereotypical biker, right? Tatted up, kind of like, looked like he was in his mid-40s or whatever. Yeah. And he was just, he was on something, and he was talking shit to everybody. And then he goes in the in the sauna, and people are coming out, and they're like, there's a guy in there that's threatening to fight people. I'm like, oh, fuck. In I the gotta, sauna? Yeah, dude, I'm like, I got to oh, go man. deal with this shit. Oh, my God. So... I walked in there, and I, I'm to this day, man, I'm so proud of how I handled this. So I go in there, and I open the thing. I'm like, sir, can you please come out so I can talk to you? And he's like, fuck you. And I'm like, oh, God, dude, I'm going to have to fight. Oh, here we like, go. I don't want to fight yeah. someone. This is stupid. So I'm like, listen, I need you to come out. He's like, you come in here. See if you can whatever. And he's talking shit to me. So I said, okay. And I stroke a genius. I said, why don't you step outside, and then we'll see 
who the real tough guy is. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah. So we walk out the pool. I said, follow me. So we walk out to the pool area. I walk up to the front door that goes outside. I open the door and I go after you. He goes outside. I close the door and I lock it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I call the cops right away. Yeah, and I run away. He's standing outside in his bathing suit looking at, and I wave at him. And I said, the cops are on their way. <laughs> yeah, that was it, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Justin, were you, at, were you at Santa Teresa when- um, The guy the sh- that had a shotgun? Yes. yes. A what? So on Friday, this was a Friday, right? And No, I, I was- knew you were going to bring this up. So I wasn't, I actually wasn't there. I came later on and I, I, watched, I watched all the footage. Because uh, it was like late in Friday, like Friday afternoon, like, like around five or six uh, in, in the uh, late afternoon, early evening. And this fucking hillbilly dude is carrying like a, a double barrel shotgun yeah. over his shoulder. And he's walking the complex. Like all calm. Yeah, all calm. Walks in the gym. Just walks right in the gym. Does a little fucking tour. Looks around. Yeah. <laughs> And it's just like scoping the place out, you know, and looking and, and dude, and remember Dirk? So yeah. this is the guy that we worked with. I know Dirk. Yeah. 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 So he was at the front, like he was about to leave. He just finished his shift and like he, he walked right next to the guy. You see him like on camera, look at the guy. Oh, and then he like bolts. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I'm out of here. We don't Holy need to see shit. your membership card. Come yeah. on in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nothing happened, but I mean, you just no. don't think something like that's going to happen, especially here in California. I guess maybe if, yeah, you're, if, you're, like, if you're like in you know Texas, Texas. or something, yeah, that's probably normal. Yeah, but <laughs> you're in California. He was, he was obviously looking for somebody, though. That's what was scary about it. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, he came in and he was just like looking around. He did a little, and everyone's just like, fro- everyone freezes. Yeah. He walked in and everyone just like stood. Like, what's just, gonna happen? Yeah, yeah, oh, what shit. the fuck? Yeah. yeah, I was. I think I was working that that night and I was on the floor and I I just looked over and I saw what was. It, it didn't register even yet. Like yeah. Until like we watched the I watched that film later. I was like, oh my god, that's crazy. And with that, go to mindpumpfree.com and download our guides. They're all absolutely free. You can also find all of us on Instagram. You can find Justin at Mind Pump Justin. You can find Adam at Mind Pump Adam. And you can find me at Mind Pump Sal. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.